Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. If tonight's movie night is just what you need, make it special with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. It does seem similar to, like, around that time... Like a five, six-year-old, it was Christmas, and I like rolled up a napkin and put it, put the end of it in the fire, and like tried to smoke it. And my mom <laughs> like slapped it out of my hand, and she said, "There's not even anything in that shit." <laughs> like that was the important thing. Not that I had tried to sure. even smoke or whatever. It was just like you're so stupid. You didn't even put anything in it. She's like, "My man, you're not gonna feel nothing. What are you doing?" <laughs> Yep, yep, yep. There it is. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another phenomenal episode of My Mama Told Me, the podcast where we dive deep, deep into the world of black conspiracy theories. And we finally work to prove that the real downfall of our fight for civil freedoms came when we started letting activists get nice haircuts. Think about it. No legendary freedom fighter had a decent fade to save their lives. Martin Luther King. Trash. Paul Robeson. Trash. Medgar Evers. Trash. Nelson Mandela had the exact same haircut as Esther Roll in Good Times, and that's how he was able to sacrifice so much in the name of liberating his people. These are the facts, ladies and gentlemen. I'm just reporting at this point. I'm your host, Langston Kerman. Um, I'm pleased to be here with you. I am pleased as punch. I've never said that phrase out loud before, but God damn it, did it feel appropriate right now? And you know who else is pleased as punch, I have to imagine. <laughs> Just the <laughs> <It's> full my... <laughs> juice. <laughs> He's pleased as a full juice. 
is my guest today. He's he's so cool, so funny, so talented. You know him. You know him from all kinds of shit. You know him from from Insecure. You know him from from Snowfall. You know him from writing on on Grownish. And most importantly, you know him from a film on Netflix called French Dirty. He's amazing. Please give it up for my talented guest, Mr. Wade Elaine Marquez. What up, oh, man, it's so good to be here. What a what an intro. And also just that that introduction song just really gets you in the mood, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's got the vibe situation, but then we're talking about racist koalas and like, you know, <laughs> all that stuff feels just right. For yeah, right you start now. accusing animals of being racist and you're like, I'm ready. I'm in it. You know it, though. You know dogs have that problem. Certain Oh. Ones. We've had a few episodes where we've had to unpack the uh, the racist tendencies of certain dogs and, and the dog's owners, frankly, but right. the dogs themselves as well. And, and you're not wrong. There, There's no. a fair amount of evidence that dogs can be racist. Evidence, actual evidence. I mean, yeah, well, you see them, you see them growl at us. <laughs> it doesn't take much other digging. You, you sort true. of see the way they react and you're like, all right, I guess this motherfucker's racist. There it is. I, I'm excited you're here because you came with a conspiracy theory that I would say it's wide, it's broad. We've talked about sort of the full breadth of it, but it also has so much of sort of down-homeness that I think many of our listeners are going to be able to relate to. It really feels like an at-home kind of conspiracy theory. And it, uh, the best way we could phrase it, you and I talked ahead of time, but you said, my mama told me. Mama can make it better at home. Always. It's mm. always been like that. It really yeah. has. Well, and it's interesting, too, because we're blending, like, you know, my mom and everybody from my mom's side is from New Orleans. You know, okay. you, when you go back to New Orleans, that's that that's that earthy shit. That's yeah. that stuff where you're like, you know what I mean? You ain't got to go out and get it from white people or anybody, really, because we grow this shit or it'll be in the cabinet. You yeah, you I mean? you get it from the root. There's a yeah, there's exactly. a root somewhere that you exactly. get the, the medicinal things you need from. Yeah, they got a little blackberry tree in the back, and that can you know, that's magic. Right yeah, yeah, there. yeah. And so you, your mom is from New Orleans. Is she like from there, or is it just born. her people are from there? No, she born and raised in New Orleans. She moved okay. over. She moved over here young, like kind of part of that right after Hurricane Betsy. You know, there's there's got to be a hurricane and then there's an exodus. You know sure. what I mean? Like a, ca- a cane and then an exodus is sort of <laughs> the cyclical nature of what happens in New Orleans. And so she was definitely part of, you know, this wave of Creoles from New Orleans to Los Angeles. Because by the way, there's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of Creoles in L.A. Wait a minute. I did not know that. I've I think I've always assumed that uh, all the black people and 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 blackish people in L.A. are just uh, they just mix with Mexicans somehow. You know, that, that's, <laughs> well, that's the thing. That's the thing with Creoles. <laughs> right. You might not know. They might sure. just be they might just be lurking out in those streets. And I mean, you know, nowadays it'll be like Creole is black in America. But obviously there's a history of like where where were right. they where were you you know and just 
the complications of how that all was of passing shit like that. Yeah, I mean, it it is one of the the more frustrating things I imagine that if I weren't American, I would hate about America is that we do dissolve everything down to like its most basic answer. It's like yeah, these exactly. people have like this rich history and culture and experience. And then we go, yeah, but you black dog. And it's That's like so crazy. But by the way, my mom does that to me, too. You know what I'm saying? Like, Whoa. I, th- there's just times where I've been like, like people ask what I am and I'll be like, I'm Creole and Romanian. You know, my father's like Jewish Romanian or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she'll just be like, you just sound like you're trying to not sound black. You know oh. what I mean? By, by like getting specific with that. I'm like, that's absolutely not what I'm trying to do. And she'll yeah. just be like, you know, you know what you are. You know, so right. you need to, you better, you, you a nigga, I'm a nigga. Like, I'm a nigga, you a nigga. I'm a nigga, you a nigga. Just a back and forth situation to drill it in. That That's, was me. That yeah, was a it's, very young situation of her being like, don't go around and just be confusing about who you are. You're black. Yeah, I I feel very fortunate. I also have a Jewish father and in a Oh, different, I didn't know that. I didn't know yeah. that your father's Jewish, right. Yeah, I I... In a different way, my dad sat me down earlier and early and was like, hey, man, you're black. Like, right. I, like, let's not play this game where, like, you spend a bunch of time trying to convince the world that this is more complicated than it is. Like, even if you, you should think about your history and sort of like all of, like, the things that come with that. But as far as the way the world is going to see you and treat you, you are a black man and you need to be aware of that and not sort of like skirting that because of some... You know, so fascinating. And Pops had that conversation with you. Yeah. And I, I, I feel very grateful that he yeah. was the one that had that conversation with me because I feel like had it come from my mom, it would have felt like she was trying to sway me right. in a way, you know, in her direction. As whereas coming from my dad, it's like, oh, no, this is just the way it is. And I need to be aware of that. That is a beautiful thing. That's a beautiful thing. Yeah. I feel like my dad was definitely aware of it, but he he more was just like he would I feel like he was a little quieter about it and was like, I know she's gonna be crazy for him out there, but like, <laughs> you know, I don't know how to talk to him about it. So yeah. then my mom would swoop in and she'd be like, You and again, don't let anybody or no, whatever. That's what your situation is. Yeah. I think it's so funny because I I definitely can see even as like a, a father to a bl- a white father to a black child how complicated that probably must feel to be like yo despite you being half me whoo what you right. got on the other side of that half sort of supersedes a lot of what my experience and and sort of culture is bringing to the table in this way right absolutely uh, and but it is interesting too and and then I know we'll get to these conspiracy theories of, of black mamas, but just because we're here. And also, yeah, the, let's, the Jewish, let's keep the ramble going, baby. The Jewish father, well, the Jewish father and the black mother is a specific one, you know, because I feel like, to be honest, a lot of the time it is like a black father mm-hmm. and, a, and a white mother, you know, or, or not a lot of the time, but most of the time when I encounter mixed people, that's the mix. I you think that's I mean? the more common mix. And I would argue, and this is a controversial take that not a lot of people like. I can't wait. I think it's the worst mix. I think that's the <laughs> I think that's the one that makes you weird. I think you I what you want is a black mama. 
That's the one that saves you. You white know what's crazy, too? Because, like, I also do feel like the black mama, white, white, white daddy, we kind of come out looking better. Hey, <laughs> everything's better on this side of town. You know what I mean? Like, that's the right type of swirl. So not to, not to, not to hate on y'all, but I do have to say this is the right way. Yeah, you fucked up. Anybody who... <laughs> But also the interesting thing is just with Jewish in general, right? Like there is a there is a sense of oppression that they probably went through. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like being Jewish. It's not like it's like some waspy shit that we have yeah. on the other side. There's some, you know, we were all on the same sign together with dogs. You know what yeah, I mean? Of not right. being let out of. Yeah. And at some point, the Jews and the dogs got taken off that sign and it was just niggas. But and it was just <laughs> niggas. But no, I, I do think in that way, it, it, it at least allows for a little cross-pollination yeah. in the ways that we talk about identity and culture in this country, right? Is, mm-hmm. is having parents who at least can relate on some level with that experience as opposed to, like you said, if it's, if it's like some rich waspy family and then a black sort right. of like New Orleans type vibe, you're not going to have a bunch to, to really connect on. Right. Until they can't. Until it's like, oh, wait, we are in America. And yeah, this, yeah, yeah. Does, this does all of a sudden get super binary. And it's just like now all of a sudden we don't understand each other at all. At least that's what happened in my family. I got you. <laughs> well, OK, you hinted at it. Ta- tell me a little bit more about the specifics that we sort of lived in with with this very sort of sexy general conspiracy theory. Well, the most. Yeah. And to get super specific, the most kind of visceral image I have is like of being super young. This is me like five, six years old or whatever, having a stomach bug. And I'm just going to town in the toilet puking. Yeah. Right. And then, and it's like, you're throwing up so much you can't really see. You know what I mean? It's just a stream and sounds, you know? Like, it's just a blur of sound and movement. And then all of a sudden, there's this image of this dark liquid in a small glass. Mm. And I just hear my mother's voice being like, drink this. Yeah. And, and it just gets kind of put in front of me. And I'm like, what is it? And she's like, just drink it. And there's there's an aroma to it. I don't really know what liquor smells like yet, you know? And then sure. so you grab it up, throw it back, and all of a sudden, it's the most burn, like, it's the burningest, <laughs> smokingest thing that I've encountered at that stage of my five, six-year-old life. And right. it's whiskey. And it's whiskey, you know? And, you know, it pretty much gets puked up immediately, but probably 20 minutes later, like I'm, I'm not doing. I'm not throwing up anymore. Right. I'm just kind of settled, and and that's really like the the sort of I guess the beginnings of being like she has all these different things that she can point to that are just really accessible and around the house. I, I mean whiskey just being right there, but other <laughs> things too, where it's like this will fix you in a way that other thing, you know, that Robitussin or whatever might not or or modern medicine can't do what Jim Beam has been doing for us uh, for generations. Exactly. So your mom is is very much a person who and I, I feel like this is 
this is probably on the cusp of homeopathic, let's say, yeah. is somebody who leans towards at least trying the things that are are local and, and within reach as opposed to taking you to a doctor or some sort of like pharmacy to solve your problems. Absolutely. And by the way, she was like, she was also on like organic foods before organic foods was really popular, oh. you know? And like, like growing up in LA, like, before it was Whole Foods, it was this place called Mrs. Gucci's. Whoa, that's yeah. a problematic name. <laughs> Miss, <laughs> Mrs. Mrs. Gucci's. Gooch. <laughs> yeah, Mrs. Gucci's was the one who, you know, she was, I mean, I don't know if there really was a Mrs. Gooch, but there probably was. Oh, there's got to be a Mrs. Gooch yeah, somewhere this out Yeah, Mrs. Gooch. But the Mrs. Gooch got bought up by Whole Foods, but she was the one who had all the organic foods. And she would, you know, she would be like, this is what you have to eat if you want to live forever. Whoa. Like that type of shit. It always had eat these carrots if you want to, you know, have better eyesight. Yeah. And I would be like, okay, well then I'm I'm going to eat these carrots up because I'm squinting. Yeah, right I, I would like to see better. I'll, I'll take, I'll, I'll follow your carrot dreams. I can yeah, do that. Exactly. Well, let me ask you this. How yeah. much of this have you then carried into your own life? Are you a person who who continues to sort of live with like these homeopathic tendencies? Or are you like, nah, I did it. The carrots didn't work. I still wear glasses. Fuck it. I'm a I'm a go eat McDonald's. I do wear glasses, but it's it's in it's in me. You know, like I got I'm, you. I, I'm absolutely still following the homeopathic train. I mean, I try not to be like nah, fuck modern medicine. Like, I'm going to just go it on my own out here, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know? <laughs> but, but no, but I do, I do absolutely believe that, like, there are the things in nature and the things, and, like, things that we didn't think. Like, because it, it started earlier, like, with grandma with, like, baking soda clearing your throat, mm -hmm. you know? Or, or, like, toothpaste. When I got a little bit older, my grandma would be like, put toothpaste on your pimple. Like, yeah. they're... There's nothing better. No, like, pimple cream is going to be better for you than just a little dollop of toothpaste. I will say that that to that point, I felt a type of, and I don't know how you felt when these things sort of got presented to you, but I felt a type of relief when I found out that that was at least an option because then it wasn't, there, there was less of, like, this shame that I had to carry in, like, oh, I got to solve this problem of how to get these pimples off my face. It's like, all right, I got what's needed right at hand, and I just need to figure out how to apply it the way that's going to make it so that I'm, you know, not ugly anymore. <laughs> Absolutely. Exactly. And and just all the different stuff, like, you know, just it's all it's, it goes back to you. You got everything you need. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you always have everything you need in the cabinet, in the garden or whatever, as long as you can, you know, as long as you know how to how to put those things together in the right way and you know where they go. Like toothpaste might not only go on teeth. That right. like that's you just gotta open up your mind to what different things gotta <laughs> do. You can go, everybody right now should just go look into their cabinet and see different shit and be like, what else could this be used yeah. for? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Open open your crunchy third eye and, <laughs> and figure out how you can apply these things in a in a more functional way. And know that it probably came as like, you know, from Africa on the on the juju train you know like they were doing yeah. like juju and that then all of a sudden became like okay we can now we can now put this into a whole other situation 
Yeah, well, that's what makes it so fascinating, especially because you you're sort of talking about your New Orleans roots and and your your family's New Orleans roots here is that so many of these things feel like they were just sort of made up by a lady. You know what right. I mean? Where it's just like a lady was like, give the baby some whiskey, see what happens. But yeah. it is, to your point, much more rooted in like a real history where like, I'm sure whatever is in whiskey at some point was being used to settle stomachs and cure colds. And then at some point we didn't have that exact medicine or root or whatever the fuck it was. And so we found it in whiskey again and we were like, fuck it, give the baby some some Jameson and let's see right. what happens. Well, and, you know, and it, that stuff has been proven a lot of the times. And it's crazy because you don't you don't want to just only rely on this stuff. But you think about like even, you know, we both we both got young babies like breast milk and shit, you know, for a while. Mm-hmm. They were basically like, you're not getting everything you need from breast milk. You need to take this formula. And yep. that was a crazy thing to be pushing on women to be like, no, this formula is going to be better for your child because of whatever the hell they said when yeah. really it's like mama's got everything up in them up in them up in them titties yeah. you know <laughs> just, just let it flow let it flow into the baby's mouth and they will be taken care of so it's especially when you think about we're in the the middle of middle i guess is a, a tough word at this point but we are right. still facing down a pandemic a global <laughs> pandemic, whether, whether we want to deal with it or not. And, and one of the things that we discovered was that, you know, breastfeeding is an option for being able to, to protect our daughter, protect children in general from the potential, you know, risks of COVID. That like, because my wife gets vaccinated, breast milk does allow for some transference of like whatever antibodies the baby might need to be able to be a little more safe in the face of, you know, whatever this virus is. Absolutely. But, and that's what's crazy though, because then on the flip side is like people, you know, people will take like our own immunity or whatever to this other degree. Like all the things that we're talking about can also be used in a way that's like, we don't even need the vaccination. Like, what's the point of having that stuff? Right. And and that's that's when all this stuff gets tricky and sort of like, what is the conspiracy? Is the conspiracy that like we should be listening to like our mothers doing, you know, grabbing stuff from the backyard and repurposing other things in the cabinet for our own benefit that we already have? Or is the conspiracy that like none of that shit works and we need to rely on, you know, vaccines or whatever. It just gets, it's all like, you know, it goes to one extreme or the other when you're trying yeah. to like figure I, I think, out what it is. I think to your point, the danger is that we're in a space where people feel like they exclusively have to pick a side. At all times, they have to go like, yo, I'm either completely a homeopathic person who who I don't need medicine because push-ups will cure my cancer, or I am a person who is on the other side of it where it's like I refuse to to eat a vegetable, but pray to God you give me every shot and and sort of like injection that science advocates for. And it's probably that we should all be meeting somewhere in the middle where it's like, no, try all the things that are in your cabinet. But if them shits ain't working, go see somebody, bro. Yeah, go get it checked out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you definitely can't just put, like, 
talcum powder on your balls if your balls are like swollen beyond belief. You know what I'm saying? That's not going to do that for you. I've never had my balls get swollen beyond belief, but I just figured... It sounds like a personal story that you were trying to make into a very general one, and you a won't friend, get that past me. A friend told me recently <laughs> that their balls really swelled up. No, it's true though. It, it it absolutely is true, and it's you know it's and that's the thing with conspiracy theories in general, right? I'm sure you've had this conversation a lot of the time, which is like, yeah, of course, a piece of this shit is true. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's always going to be that little particle of it that's like, yeah, I'm not debating that part. It's the whole thing around it that now has gotten blown up to this crazy degree that makes yeah. it be like, how did it go from this to that? Yeah, I talked about this before on the podcast and in a weird way, it, it has now circled back mm-hmm. where to me, the most dangerous part of when the pandemic really was at its its like height was when we were still arguing about where the virus came from. Like there was right. that early period where it was truly us just blaming Chinese people for right. eating bats and claiming that, you know, they had spilled a, a vial in Wuhan and that had somehow like exploded across the world. And I don't know what caused the pandemic. There's probably a fair amount of evidence that it was naturally born. Yeah. And then there's other evidence that maybe something science related happened that was a mistake. I don't give a fuck, though. Right. And I think to a certain extent, we all have to get to a point in a nice way. We did at, at a period shift into a point where we said, fuck it, let's just get rid of this motherfucker. And right. then we got bored and now we're back at being like, but them goddamn Chinese, though. And it's like, fuck, that's not this isn't helping, y'all. I know. I know. Yeah. We always got to circle back. It's like <laughs> now we're just in a place where like if things, if there's a lull, like everybody wants things to be back to quote unquote normal, but also yeah. it doesn't seem like we do. Cause no. like if things start to get cool, it's like, well, let's, let's go rustle something else up and figure out how we can just continue to be traumatized by existing every day. Yeah. I I think in that way, it truly is like uh, we're we're bored. Do you know what right. I mean? Like th- we we need a reason to be angry or to be excited or whatever you know the word is that sort of like drives you forward. Some people right. are rage, some people are joy, whatever. But you need that thing, and for a lot of people, being anti the sort of like status quo or sort of the collective reasoning that we've all landed on is more than enough to keep existing, even if it means keeping us fucking stuck in this yeah. bullshit. Absolutely. Yeah. God damn That's it. That's all true. Well, before we, we, we go to break, let me ask you this. You say you've embraced some of the homeopathic things that your mother and, and family have taught you. Have mm-hmm. you seen any of this ever backfire? Has there ever been like, a, damn, I had too much of the thing and now my, my arm is weird or some shit. You know what I mean? Is there oh, yeah. any time well, it didn't work? Well, I mean, I don't know if a silicoxinum ever works. You know what I mean? I mean, because that's like the ultimate homeopathic. Like if you're feeling like you have a cold, just put some put some sugar pellets under your tongue. You know right. what I mean? But I will continue to just do those all the time. And there absolutely have been times where, like, 
I'll feel a little tickle in my throat. I'll do like three jars, three little vials, you know, plastic vials of that acylococcinum. And then I'm just hyper, you know, I'm just <laughs> hyper and I'm, I'm not feeling better. I'm just feeling more intense. Yeah, your chest still, oof, still sore, but you know, you, you got the energy for it now. You're, you're exactly, you built up. For 23 minutes, I'm going to be okay. And then <laughs> I'll crash. I love that. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be back with more Wade Elaine Marcus and more My Mama Told Me. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S., that's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash iHeart. That's lifelock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. And we are back. Mom, do you have a feel? You know, not so fresh. Ew! No! 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 Yeah, we're back here with more way to lame Marcus. More my uh, mama told so me. So good. <laughs> we're still talking about those homeopathic remedies. The things our mothers claim they can do better 
at home. We don't need doctors. We don't need medicine. It's, it reminds me of that Eddie Murphy joke. We don't need McDonald's. You don't you don't need McDonald's. We I can make burgers like McDonald's at home. You know, you remember that? bit? <laughs> no, I don't. But I love that. And it's true. I hated when my mom did shit like that. <laughs> make this big ass burger that I don't want. Just give me some flat poison from from the place that I like with the toys. That's true. Burger King was my joint, but I definitely like I would take a Whopper any day, any day. First of all, I respect that choice. I think that's a that's a fair decision. Let me ask you, were you making this decision even as a child, even as a kid? You were like, I prefer flame broiled. Definitely. Damn. Definitely. Maybe. Yeah, I think it was just it was just the. The flame broiled, maybe it's because I was raised on organic food. You know what I mean? So so the flame (laughs) broiled just felt closer to something more real than two patties with another piece of bread in the middle. It was like, that wasn't going to get made at home, you know? I'll say this. It sounds like you had a very advanced palate for a a young person. I myself... I'll eat White Castle till the day I die. I don't, I'm, I can't taste anything. I'm a miserable fuck who's, I ain't never had nothing organic. So who knows? Oh, get into it because I definitely was eating, like, I don't think there's anything I won't eat. And I don't think there's ever been a time when I wouldn't eat anything. Like I basically, I, my, my palate has been open since day one. I don't know if my mom is responsible for that or if that's just how I was formed, but I will definitely fucks with anything. It's not even about trying anything once. It's I'll eat a whole meal of whatever because I just love all kinds of food like that. I'm I'm truly the same way. I just it has worked, I think, in a, a way that is slightly askew from what you're talking about in that I will do it with garbage. You know what I mean? Like you're I think you're speaking in a way that makes it feel like, oh, you'll try any food. It doesn't matter because food can be culture and and beautiful. And I'm like, no, man, flip over a a lid like uh, Heathcliff and put a a fish bone on it and I'll eat the motherfucker. I don't care about myself or my life, you know? Right. Right. (laughs) Yeah. No, I get that. I mean, I've definitely eaten like uh, this thing called grass cutter. Which is Whoa. what they, which is what they have in Ghana on the streets. Like this is just some like this is not like delicious Ghanaian food. This is just like in Ghana they have this thing called grass cutter, and it's basically like a rat that's like this big. Jesus and so Christ! They they sell it like a stick, like a little grass cutter on a stick, like a little chicken stick kind of thing. You know, like one of those, like when you get a Thai those Thai chicken sticks. Yeah. Except you see a little claw kind of at the end of it. Oh, speared, fuck. speared through. So you're just kind of <laughs> gnawing on a little arm. You know? God damn. That's I'm miserable. That. That's a different kind of garbage. The, the worst thing I think I ever ate. And I, I had a few pretty wild things. I went to China with uh, my students years ago. I was their chaperone going to China. And we ate like their street food, which was like fried scorpion. I had I had a uh, fried starfish that was fucking awful. That's Whoa. that's like it tastes like uh toenails like layered on top of each other. Toenails and like intelligence, right? Yeah, I mean, aren't, that, aren't, aren't, aren't they smart? Don't they know things? I think so. I mean, I think they're not like super I think octopus are the real Oh yeah, like, those are the brilliant ones, right? 
animals right. of the sea, but starfish aren't as dumb as we want them to be. And <laughs> yeah. boy, was I trying to bite into that smart animal and it was, it sucked. <laughs> I hated it. Yeah. That doesn't sound like a great, and, but you know, you got to try things. You got to be yeah. out here opening up your, your palate and your mind. You know, like that record says, put it in your mouth, huh? That's <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's, Let's jump into some of this research because we can't obviously cover all of the the various home remedies that that we've talked about throughout all of this. But I did want to pick a few of them to dig into. And one of the things that got me really excited was hot toddies apparently are very legitimate. I I, I was surprised to find out that that this whiskey treatment that your mother was offering and many mothers have offered for years and years is not as absurd as it seems like it would be. Right. Okay. And so is that more for like a little, like a cough or a cold? Because hot toddies, I feel like I associate more with like you're kind of stuffed up or something like that. Not necessarily when you're like puking your brains out. So I'll say all of the things that whiskey potentially and whiskey and sort of the combination of all the things that you can find in a hot toddy might do. But Mm -hmm. as it's basically being uh, explained, moderate alcohol consumption has been shown to dilate mucous membranes much in the same way that menthol does. So if you have like a common cold, if you're congested in some kind of way, then smoke a motherfucking pack of cools. Hell yeah. Do take a shot, smoke some cools, you're gonna feel fine. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, that's so opens the membranes. It opens those mucous membranes. And then whiskey specifically also contains this antioxidant allergic acid. Allergic acid. I'm not good at reading words, my man. But it's <laughs> uh, studies suggest this may help treat viral and bacterial infections. So whiskey specifically has sort of like a you know, a little bit more of a healing property to it than your your other alcohols. It's so wild to think about, you know, because, you know, my mom didn't know that. She didn't know the specifics (laughs) of that. You know what I mean? Like, she's flying blind with it. This is just from generations of drink this like she did to me, you know, but there there's a realness there. That's a beautiful thing. Yeah, she was just getting a five-year-old fucked up. But in actuality, (laughs) the science was saying he's not just fucked up. He's less congested than he was previously. So the whiskey, in conjunction with hot water, which relieves nasal congestion, and honey, which can soothe sore throats and suppress coughs, and then the vitamin C that you would find in lemon juice helps to reduce phlegm, that's what makes a hot toddy potentially this, this magical healing drink. Now, the downfall, and this is sort of like the thing that they warn against with hot toddies, is that while it does have the the potential to be this fixer, there are a lot of other potential issues with the overconsumption of alcohol, right? That dehydration, constipation, nausea, and of course, the inexplicable changes in your personality are all (laughs) things that might warn you against it's certainly overuse of alcohol as a healing tool, if you will. Absolutely. But, you know, that's true with everything, right? I feel like there's nothing that is good for you in one dose that is better for you in more doses. Yes. You know what I mean? I mean, everything that gets abused in that 
in that way is going to, there's a tipping point, you know, you got to use the right amount. That's totally fair. I, it, it reminds me so much of the fact that, uh, and this was a revelation for me when I was like in high school or whatever, that you can die from drinking too much water, that you can fucking drown yourself if you just, and water's supposed to be like our, it's the most of our makeup. It fixes right. everything, but nah, you can't drink too much of that shit because you'll, you'll Wait, kill yourself. Wait, do we think, is that actually true? It's 100% true. You can totally die from drinking too much water. Because you'll just thin out your blood too much. I think it, you truly will drown your body. Like it, it, your organs, I guess, will somehow be just overwhelmed. Yeah, by, <laughs> by the water. That said, it ain't what we potentially are drinking. You know what I mean? It's not like, right. oh, you had your eight glasses and now you're at risk of drowning. You truly would have to have like five gallons of water a day. It ha- you'd have to be tortured on some waterboarding kind of shit. Exactly. It You really would have to be going crazy with this shit. But it also reminded me of like the that old phrase, right? We know that phrase, an apple a day keeps the doctor away. That, that mm-hmm. sort of is at the root of this homeopathic right. logic. But then it also reminded me that, that the seeds of apples are carcinogen, right? Yeah, that it, it truly is a poison if you are to eat enough of them and enough of them like fine, finely chopped and sort of right. like ground up. And it would take somewhere between, I think, 150 to several thousand apple seeds to do it, but you really could be giving yourself cyanide poison by by eating them. Yeah, that's so wild. I mean, all, all of it does, it, it has the roots to kill us and to save us, basically within anything, Yes, right? I mean, I just like, I'm just like looking around my room. I just see, I see a pencil. I can write my way out. <laughs> Like Nelson Mandela, you know what I'm saying? But also, like, that shit can just, I can stick myself in the eye or something, yeah. too. You know what I mean? I love yeah. that you're you are playing MacGyver games. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I spy uh, a mirror that could tell me that I have a booger in my nose, but I also could have the picture of Dorian Gray, where I just look sure. at myself and then all of a sudden, you know. You don't realize that you're dead. You're old. You're just so old ass. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not just a good-looking, light-skinned motherfucker. I'm, I'm an old dead motherfucker. I'm an old dead motherfucker. So this also got me thinking about this question because, okay, whiskey works. That's exciting. It got me questioning the the toothpaste of it all, right? Toothpaste oh, yeah. and, and skin care and whether or not toothpaste actually does work. And as it turns out... Unlike the whiskey of it all, toothpaste does not seem to be a great medicinal option <laughs> for solving your acne. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, man. You know what's crazy about that? Because, like, the toothpaste is from grandma mm-hmm. and the whiskey is from mom. And so now I'm just feeling like, you know, I got to. Well, no, I'm not going to tell grandma. I'm just going to let grandma keep thinking that the toothpaste is OK. That's sweet of you. Let her yeah. have it. Don't, no, you ain't yeah. got to take that away from her. It's going to be like next time she sees one on my face, I'm going to be like, thanks, grandma. So we'll go do that. So it's so interesting that you say that your grandmother was the one that that offered this up to you, because part of the reason that toothpaste became a potential home remedy for acne was because older toothpaste, toothpaste, you know, before a certain generation actually contained this stuff called triclosin. 
and triclosan specifically had stuff in it that could kill bacteria in a pimple. So there was a version of toothpaste that did, in fact, have the potential to, like, make your pimples less pimply. That said, we took triclosan out of toothpaste because it had other side effects. It apparently could kill you. There yeah, it, is. it apparently did back. weird, fucked up shit to your thyroid hormones. So Ugh. it wasn't great to be putting on your your face or in your mouth. You know what I mean? Right. That makes sense. And what about did we did we look at lavender? I didn't look at lavender. I I found myself going further and further down a lot of these other options. <laughs> okay, okay, good. I'll keep lavender as a burn for myself. Right. Yeah, lavender. I think you're going to have to do some independent study on that. Uh, <laughs> sign up with a local university and make sure that you're you're making that happen. I did look up something that you mentioned earlier, which was baby powder and talc. <laughs> specifically in the question of whether or not talc, because you are a father, you know this very well, that uh, at a certain point they stopped telling us to put baby powder on our babies, which seems counterintuitive. Like uh, you you think the shit has their fucking name on it. You should be putting this on the baby. And they're like, don't you put that on your fucking baby. That's going to kill your baby. And I wanted to really understand why. And for years, I don't know if you had heard this, but I had heard that talc was cancer causing. I heard that too. Yeah. Is it not? So it's it's hard to know that (laughs) if you go on Johnson & Johnson's website, they really want you to know that no one has sufficient evidence to prove that talc can give you cancer. Whereas if you go on other websites, they are very adamant that talc and baby powder will give you cancer if inhaled or put on your skin. That said, one of the things that makes baby powder bad that isn't as much up for debate is that the American Academy of Pediatrics warned against talc since 1969, not necessarily because of the cancer question, but because baby powder dries out mucous membranes, which can then lead to respiratory diseases such as pneumonia, asthma, pulmonary talcosis, lung fibrosis, and respiratory failure. Woof. And so then once you put too much baby powder, then you got to give a little bit of whiskey to open those mucous (laughs) membranes back up. And it just becomes a cyclical thing again. You know, it always comes back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what the whiskey is for, I imagine, is you got to mix this shit. It's exactly. a, take the they good to take the bad. They were giving us the talc so that they could give us the whiskey and put it all together. It it reminded me, though, in a in an important way, I think, of just how often the things that we are being presented with have potential danger in them, right? That like baby powder for years was something that you were told to put on your baby. You were promised was going to keep your baby safe and dry and all the things. And then at some point they go, oh, fuck, my bad. Uh, Don't do that no more. And then a company that still benefits from making the shit goes, no, you can still do it. Go ahead. No, 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 keep keep doing the shit. And so it's all complicated and conflated, which then leads us to what we were talking about earlier of people making these hard, fastened decisions of I will never fuck with any of this shit because of the possible risk that I'm being lied to on the back end. No, it's so wild because you have to, you can't just go through life being like, I'm suspicious of everything that is like presented to me. Mm -hmm. And yet in the same breath, you kind of have to question everything. 
Yes. So you have to do both of those things at the same time, which of course is going to breed conspiracy theories. Yeah. Right? Because you're like living in the in-between of like, all right, some people are going to tell me truths. There are some things that are going to be good for me. But at the same time, where's this source coming from? I have to question this just to make sure that it's right, quote unquote, do my own research. But all the people who are saying like, I'm going to do my own research on that right now, you know, these are people who like aren't getting vaccinated or something. You know what I mean? So it's just, it is such a strange thing of having to live between both of those worlds of like, trust things that people say to you. Sure, do your own research, but question everything. And, and I think even further, like, thank God, I, I feel very grateful that I do my own research mostly for the sake of, of stupidity, right? That right. I do it so that I could talk shit with, with people I respect and my friends. It has very little to do with me being imp- like super passionate about any of these things. I'm just being a silly billy. But then there are people <laughs> who are doing the same level of shitty research that I'm doing and picking that research as like the Gospel. way that they are going to define themselves for the right. rest of their lives. And that's fucking scary. No, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But, and that maybe is to your point of like, we should all just be silly billies yes. in the world. You know <laughs> what I mean? Cause like, if we're too serious about any of it, like we're just gonna, we're going to freeze up and shrivel up. Like, I don't know that 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 lives in the same space of like all of this is really important, right? Like the work we do in terms of like telling stories, making film and TV, doing comedy or whatever, like that is important in a lot of ways because it changes the culture. It changes how we see ourselves and how other people see us. And also it's a high level version of pretend like we're just, you know, we're just out here floating around. Yeah. (laughs) Being silly billies. Yeah, I I think I think we we would benefit as a as a society of embracing how many of us are just silly people, whether that is our career path or not. That like truth be told, whether I I had chosen comedy as my career, I was always going to be a silly motherfucker and I would do better to embrace that than to be like, I'm a professional now. So I'm a professional, serious man. It's like, no, motherfucker, you know what you do at night. Just be a silly bill. Just embrace that shit. You can be a silly Billy at the factory, too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, do the job right. Yeah. Be silly Billy about it. Don't lose your finger over it, but like, (laughs) have fun. Come on, Billy. Yeah. (laughs) All right, we're going to take one more break. We'll be back with more Wade Elaine Marcus and more My Mama Told Me. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. 
Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. And we are back. Yeah, we're back here with more Wade and Lane Marcus. More my mama told me. We're still talking about the, the homeopathic remedies that our mothers offered to us and whether or not we should be dealing in that shit or, or, <laughs> or I guess, embracing it fully. Become the, the grass-fed person that you should have always been or turn to modern medicine and never eat grass again. Who knows? Well, it's probably somewhere in the middle. I feel like that's where we've, <laughs> that's where us mixed dudes have come to. You know what I mean? <laughs> us Jewish fathered, black mothered men have yeah. realized it's somewhere in the middle of those two things. Yeah, we really picked the uh, coward's way out and said right in the middle. <laughs> we, just somebody listening to this like, bitch, choose a side. The war is coming. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm going to stay somewhere in the middle here. That's fair. Just, You're doing um, the right thing. Okay, let's let's jump into this game. I have a, a very fun game for us. It's it's a classic game on this show, our most classic game. It's a game called White, White Lies. Lies. You're ugly. You're disgusting. I'm going to kill you. Give me $200. White Lies. This is a fun game where, <laughs> where Wade, I am going to introduce to you a conspiracy theory that that is sort of circulating in the white community, a, a conspiracy theory I certainly had not heard of, but one that white people seem to be uh, supporting in some kind of way. And I would love for you to just unpack why you think this conspiracy theory is so important to white people. What do you think these sneaky motherfuckers are up to? Please, let's see. This is an exciting one. It was submitted to us via one of our, our listeners. It, it is one I had never heard before, but I'm excited to share it with you now. There apparently on Reddit is a conspiracy theory that Anne Hathaway's husband bears a strong resemblance to the poet William Shakespeare, that the <laughs> wife of William Shakespeare, who died in 1623, was called Anne Hathaway. And Shakespeare one day wrote, life is too short to love you alone in one. I promise to look for you in the next life. Wow. And so I think they are theorizing that Shakespeare has returned to get his Anne Hathaway in a new life. And these motherfuckers, I, I'm going to share my screen with you. These motherfuckers don't not look alike, you know? They kind of... 
There, there's some <laughs> resemblance right here. Oh my God. That's crazy. They're yeah, the that, same. They're, there's a little bit of a resemblance between this painting of a man who lived 400, 500 years ago and Anne Hathaway's husband. <laughs> oh, that is, um, that's pretty uncanny. I mean, Shakespeare, the, the paintings of Shakespeare are kind of like the images of Jesus, right? Sure. Where we just don't <laughs> quite know. But I do, I do, uh, I do see it. Yeah. I see why that would be together. I mean, and so... Why do I think that white people tell themselves this lie? Why do you think, I, and let's, let's focus it a little bit, why do you think it's so important to white people that this might potentially be, the, that this William Shakespeare has uh, time-traveled and or reincarnated himself to once again be with modern Anne Hathaway? Well, I would probably go to the place that, you know, Anne Hathaway is a polarizing figure. You know, oh. I think she's a polarizing figure, both in the white community and maybe just in general. And Shakespeare, too, is someone who you're like, was it Francis Bacon? Was it Christopher Marlowe? Oh. Was it, you know, was it Queen Anne Boleyn? I don't know. I just threw that one in there. You know, <laughs> it had to be. There's there's probably a woman behind Shakespeare, too. I know. So, I was like, this motherfucker be reading. I don't even know that one. Go ahead. No, no, no. no. I don't. I, I think Anne Boleyn is just the one who cut some heads off or something. Like, she was, Boleyn was definitely doing some crazy shit. But I am going to venture to say that because of Anne's polarizing profile that Anne Hathaway followers, the ones who really love her, because I do think the people that love Anne are, are ride or dyers, mm. that they kind of created this thing to give Anne an anchor being like, there's this nebulous white man out there who who in our world is the father of so much of modern language in a lot of ways yeah. and wants to lend some real credence to somebody who has kind of a shaky reputation out in the world. Whoa, I like that as an answer because what you're suggesting is that if I am an Anne Hathaway supporter, if I'm a Hathaway head, this yeah, is a Hathawayan. A Hathawayan. <laughs> this is a way to add gravity to the the person who I love and and want to sort of like be in in support of that like exactly. Anne Hathaway is is maybe just an actress who sometimes rubs people the wrong way but if we add these other layers to it Anne Hathaway is potentially a savior a person connected to our greatest absolute writer she's a chosen one and and has always been chosen for the last you know yeah whatever i guess he's like 16th century yeah 15th Something like that. It's 50 because it's one before the one that, yeah, I don't know. I Look, man, yeah, it's, no, silly billies. I'm with you. <laughs> silly billies. You know, it was back then. You know, they had them pointed ass shoes and, the, you know, the things that were, that were, that were hiked up the little high, high water joints. Yeah, they were doing it. Well, fuck. I, hold on. Wait a minute. That's called motherfucking bars, nigga. Fucking you know nothing about that. We did it, Wade. I think I think that was a wonderful answer. I think this was a wonderful, a wonderful episode, a great recording. Could you tell the people at home where they could find you, what cool shit you have going on, all of that? Absolutely not. Because right now, <laughs> I'm just in the cut. I'm writing. 
I'm building the stuff, you know, I mean, obviously watching Secure, the the final season is airing yeah. right now. So you can catch me as Derek Dubois on all your screens. And and besides that, you know, just lay back in the cut like I am, just wait for wait for the new stuff to come as it as it most definitely will. Fuck yeah. So wait your goddamn turn, you idiots, for Wade to be ready to show you this shit. But watch Insecure and and follow Wade online. And as always, you can follow me at Langston Kerman. And if you oh want to send us drops, if you want to send us your own conspiracy theories, if you just want to send hate mail, send that goddamn shit to mymamapod at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. Uh, otherwise, I don't know. Bye, bitch. Bye. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.